Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Alicia Myronic. After years of facing the dark night of the soul, Alicia awakened to the many signs and synchronicities that today she calls Myrini, which are the crazy coincidences that happen in life when we can't explain. Alicia's strong spiritual connection and tenacity is what helped her get through some very dark days. However, it is those dark days that helped her connect to her superpower that she calls her spiritual spidey sense. She now shares her new concepts hosting That's My Rini podcast, along with her spiritual coaching business, My My Rini Mentoring, where she uses her psychic gift of knowing, also known as Claire Cognians, to help her clients through intuitive sessions she calls Unlock Your Blocks, which helps release what they need to move forward to create the life they truly desire, all with a little Myrini. Thank you so much, Alicia, for finally joining us. We were on That's My Rini, and we had so much fun. We are missing your ex-co-host, Todd. Tell him hi for us, but thanks so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh my God. I am so excited, so honored to be here because the divine Myrony that brought me to you guys. So Myrony are the crazy coincidences that happen in life you can't explain. And it's another word for sign or synchronicity, but it's actually different than synchronicity because it's the action that we take when we see the synchronicity. So to keep with the M part, it's synchronicity in motion. So it's a little sim (laughs) (laughs) because how many times we see something, but then we don't do anything about it, especially when we see it over and over and over. How I came up with the word besides seeing this is, you know, Shanna, you didn't even know my last name was Myronic like pronounced that way. I know because the original pronunciation was Mironuk, you know, it's the Ukrainian Czechoslovakian. So for some reason they kept this crazy spelling, but changed the pronunciation to Myronic. So people would ask, how do you say your last name? When I used to be in um, car sales and they're like, I would say, oh, it's like ironic with an M. And then I would add, there's a lot of irony in my life and I get a little chuckle. And then these signs would just keep showing up and showing up. And then it hit me and I was like, oh, my irony, my irony. It's a universal word for everyone, except you take out the I because it's not about I. It's about we. It's about something so much greater than me. So this is not my word. I'm just the messenger. And who better to bring it than someone whose literally last name is Myronic? I freaking love that. And the first time that Mandy and I saw this was on Instagram. And I remember her, I think we both probably messaged each other at the same time. We're like, that is so freaking clever. Not even knowing the history behind it, which makes it even more authentic. Well, well, thank you. And you know, the thing is, is that it's actually the antithesis of selfie. So I really want to create the movement for people to share their myronies in addition to their selfies on social media, because so many of us around the world can connect to these crazy myronies. And it, it, and then, and it also, it's taking away from just us. So it's raising our, our vibration. And I find it really funny because when this does, you know, take off, because I mean, selfie is in everybody's vocabulary. Why wouldn't myrony eventually be right? Mm-hmm. But the first ones that will jump on this bandwagon, the narcissists, they get to raise their spiritual awareness, whether they knew it or not. That's <laughs> my writing. Go. Well, you know, what's really funny is that I have for years, you know, seen twos. Mm-hmm. And so I would snap pictures of them like constantly. My whole phone would be full of twos because I would find them in like just the most oddest places, like places that they shouldn't be. And then I started to think that maybe I should follow these twos. Maybe they're telling me something. Like you said, it's maybe if there's something bigger, maybe this is like a universal thing that I'm supposed to follow. And when I do, I always feel like I'm being guided. 
Yeah. So you guys were on my podcast, you know, that's my irony. And that was such a fun interview. Todd, my, my former co-host who I absolutely love and adore. I'm sorry. I lost my spiritual sidekick, but he has these incredible books, Max Rhymes, and they are literally blowing up. So I want to give a shout out to Todd Courtney and his wife, Jackie, who have these incredible books, Max Rhymes. And it's maxrhymes.com for any kids between zero and eight. They are, they're literally life-changing for the kids. You know, he had to focus on that. So he had to, you know, give this up. I'll have him back as guest host at some point for sure. How we were brought together was absolutely divine irony. And if anybody wants to hear that story, it's actually episode two and three. It's like how he was literally received messages to write these books and how he got connected to do these books. And then here's me doing this really weird job of working in these churches with his dad, who's almost 80 years old, because I was guided for two months to go meet him. And I'm just like, what am I doing? But the numbers, like um, I didn't experience the numbers until I got married and I was engaged and married in six days. And then um, my father passed away one week later. And the irony is, is that on August 21st of 2004, it was torrential downpour and I was, in, and I was married in the same um, hospital I was born in. I was actually engaged in this hospital too. I am the only one in history born, engaged and married in the same hospital, right? My dad had very, very aggressive um, cancer. It, it metastasized to his heart bone. He could hardly move. So he was in hospice care in the hospital. So the wedding couldn't be anywhere else. And, um, and it was only like, I knew I was going to, you know, marry this guy. And so I did not get married just for my dad, but it was my aunt who was like, you know, cause I was, I was crying. I was like, I can't believe my dad won't be at my wedding one day. And she's like, why don't you get married? And I'm like, why don't I get married? So he goes back to the restaurant we met at. Now here's the irony. It was called restaurant 821. Okay. So I'm literally proposing to him while he's at the restaurant about to start cooking for, you know, the big weekend rush because I was the general manager and he was, uh, he, he was, you know, um, the, the chef de cuisine one, one step down from the executive chef who was the owner. And, um, and I was like, you want to get married next Sunday? He's like, of course. We said six days because we gave Sunday a day of rest. And then Monday was like when he drove back up and asked permission, my dad to get married. The next day I went wedding dress shopping. Like, what am I expecting to get in, in now five days? Oh, the dress of my dreams. It fit me perfectly. They, I had two dress fittings in one week. Shoes were last pair of my size. Like the craziest, beautiful signs showed up that week, even down to the day before, which was August 21st. It was torrential downpour. Wow, 821. It was so funny because at this time I was a total universe girl. I never said the word God. I turned against God because of religion. And so the fact that I even use these words were so interesting now that, you know, when you look back on things and everybody's like, what are you going to do? Because they had this beautiful courtyard in the hospital. That's where the reception was going to be. Get married in the little hospital chapel and, and have it out in the courtyard. It is such horrible, torrential downpour. It's like jokingly build an ark and start loading up the animals kind of rain, like sheets of rain. <laughs> do, you, do you know what room number your dad was in? You know, that would be really interesting if I could find that out again. That, that, yeah, I'll have to, do, I wonder if he could even do that, but he was in the coolest room. He had like the biggest room where, because my dad was a pilot for American Airlines. So he had a lot of pilot friends. So it was like the most beautiful send off because people were literally flying across the country to say goodbye to him because it happened so, so fast. He was at a place where he was just able to let go. He just went from finding out to acceptance. And so when we find out those things, he just kind of let his body go. And so it happened in a very, very short period of time. My mom's like, why can't you get married in two weeks? I said, we don't have two weeks. And thank God I didn't listen to my mom because <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. So what happened was people are like, what are you going to do? Cause what, we're going to have the reception in the cafeteria. <laughs> and I said, if they're true, yeah, I'm like, if there truly is a God, he will not take this away from my father. And oh. the next day to this day was one of the most beautiful days I ever witnessed. 
it was actually a California day in New Jersey, which is unheard of after a rain like that. There was no humidity, not a cloud in the sky, mid seventies. There was this one picture of us walking through the courtyard and that it looked like the heavens opened up and light just came shining straight down on us. <sighs> I think I was given all of this because my life was about to turn to hell. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But it was, but it was so beautiful. And then he passed away one week later. But this is part of the story that led me to start following what I call the Myronies or the spiritual breadcrumbs. So right after my dad passed, the owner of the restaurant asked us if we wanted to buy it. And we were supposed to buy it on December 1st. And we ended up buying it on December 8th, 821 backwards. Well, wow. my life was about to go backwards because like May of 2005, my brother and his then wife were pregnant with twins and they lost the twins five and a half months into the pregnancy. Oh. It happened on Mother's Day, which was also my brother's birthday. Oh. oh my God. We also had lost my uncle during this time, like right after my dad died. The restaurant, honestly, we were sold a lemon of a restaurant. There was this huge economic shift that was happening in the city that the restaurant was in. So there was just so much, so much, so much, so much. And fibromyalgia, I didn't realize that dairy was literally my nemesis. Like I keep that out. I'm, I'm, I do much better. And I do know it's also an energetic thing. I know I've heard what, you know, you guys have shared about it. And, um, but I also believe maybe I have it so that I could understand other people's pain. So I just accept it for what it is and just, you know, do my best with it. But at that time, that then triggered me to not, I never really got a chance to grieve for my dad. And so it's coming up on the one year anniversary. <laughs> well, it gets better just when you think life can't get any worse. And I don't share this on my podcast, but hey, I can share it on other podcasts. Do it. <laughs> there was this girl who worked for me who lied about having cancer and going through chemotherapy when she had a hernia, decided she wanted my husband, left hers, and it all started at her son's one year birthday party. And my husband left me 11 months into our marriage while I owned a restaurant together. So I had to see him every single day. Oh my God. And this girl lied about that? Yeah. She wow. did not have cancer or go through chemotherapy. Wait, did she lie to him too? Oh yeah. He, I still don't know how he ever... See, now I realize... We have our good soulmates. We have our soulmates that we're meant to learn lessons from. And then we have our bad soulmates. This is actually what started triggering my abilities to come through. This happened in June that this party happened. Then we, he and I were involved in a mall shooting literally two weeks later. <laughs> oh my God. It was like during the time of like Columbine. So you didn't know what the heck was going on. And then, you know, he's crying to me about how if he ever lost me. And then he leaves me three weeks later. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so like nothing made sense. And I started talking to psychics because, you know, again, I had gone in a different direction and there's no wrong direction. Then um, I was guided to buy a pendulum. So I buy this pendulum and I start using it and I realize I'm tapping into my dad's energy. And it's so funny. I gave it to Todd actually. Yeah, I just remembered. I was like, here, this isn't mine anymore. This is yours. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell do I do with this? <laughs> no, he was super excited. It's like, you know, like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> See, yeah, it's so fun to what's your superpower name? Because you know, on our podcast, I describe this gift of knowing as my spiritual spidey sense. And everybody <laughs> has a superpower, you know, and it's like, let's name our superpowers. We do all have these abilities, it's whether or not we tap into it. But some of us truly have gifts. It's just like being an artist. Mine is claircognizance, the gift of knowing. So I get this pendulum. <laughs> and what's even the bigger irony is that the person who saw me using it for the first time was the girl's ex-husband that she left to be with mine because we became friends <gasps> during all this. <laughs> and I remember oh. him walking by my window and I'm using this thing. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you ask a question that's yes. And you ask a question that you know is no, and it moves. And he holds it and it doesn't do a thing. And I was like, huh. And I pick it up and it's spinning and spinning. <laughs> yeah. And so I started asking all these questions. And then finally, I realized I was like, I was asking about my dad and then it was just spinning faster, faster. And I was like, dad, 
And sure enough, then I was able to tap in with my mom. Like she discovered that she could auto write. So, and what was so amazing about the auto writing is she was writing, like my mom and dad used to write letters to each other all the time. Like she used to write a letter to him. Like when he was on his trip, they were such beautiful soulmates. They were married almost 43 years when my dad passed, they waited like 15 years before they had me 13 years before they had my brother. So like they had this long life together before they ever had kids. There were some things I was being told to keep me alive because what happened very soon after all this is that this girl got pregnant and that's when I first tried to commit suicide. It was like the same Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston triangle. That was my life at the same time where I was very publicly known where I was, except I couldn't escape it. Except and I mean, you guys were working together, yeah. even in the same restaurant at the time. Yeah. And people knew we oh were married. Yeah. Also, you got not only suicidal, but then you had to fight a little bit of an addiction as well. Correct. Um, heavy alcohol. I mean, mm -hmm. I was a straight up alcoholic, but I've always been one of those people that I can always pull myself back. I've always had that even with fibromyalgia, you know, like I always knew if I went too far, you know, I'm going down that road. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I've always had that wherewithal, you know, when I go too far, pull yourself back. I've felt pain like this betrayal, like beyond betrayal. And when it's like in your face and everyone knows, and you kind of blame yourself at first, like, what did I do wrong? Was it yeah. me? And then you go through the motions of, you know, these were the people I trusted. You feel so, so hurt. It like takes over your nervous system even. Like, oh you my can't God. Even, you I can't can eat. actually see why people would kill in rage. Like I yeah. actually saw red at times. I don't know how I survived it, honestly. Cause I couldn't escape it, but I was so in love with him. I mean, like I was just beyond broken. And I, at the same time, I still can't say a bad word about him in the sense of like, I recognize why it all happened, you know, but he ended up having two daughters with this girl. So I would never take that away because that was the sole contract that he made. This ended up being my greatest gift. Now that I look back on it, there have been times that I, I knew things that I didn't understand. Like I was actually, when I was 16 years old, I knew I had to go to Delaware, which is where I went to school, University of Delaware, I applied to two colleges. I had no idea why I wanted to go to this school. It was so that I would meet this guy so that this whole thing would happen. I get it. I see it. So that was one of the biggest, the greatest gifts was learning to look at it from that higher perspective. But there was one reason how I was able to do that. So when I tried to commit suicide, I had just found out that she was pregnant. And that broke me. And I remember drinking probably like two bottles of wine. I took a sleeping pill and I took a bath. So I didn't take massive amounts of sleeping pills. I literally gave myself a 50-50 chance. I remember just putting my hands up and saying, I leave this in your hands because I can't do this anymore. And I wake up in this cold bath hours later and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, like, you know, like snap out of it. Like you gotta, you, you gotta fight. There's something more. The only thing that saved me though, was the day before my friend was moving away and she was actually the one who took my wedding pictures. She gave me the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. And she says, I know this isn't gonna change anything, but maybe this will give you a greater understanding. And that saved me. And so from that point on, I've given over 300 of these books away. I truly believe it can help people with suicide and alcoholism and depression and everything. I believe that that did the same for me too. It just really opened me up to something that I never even considered. That book is just the tip of the iceberg to his other books because yeah. Only Love is Real, that book oh, on yeah. soulmates, that was what finally put the pieces of the puzzle together of how this could have happened in the first place. I encourage everyone who's listening to just always, when you're in the depths of whatever it is you're going through, trying to pull yourself and look at it from that higher perspective, you'll start seeing things in a different way. 
just for our listeners, let's just go back. Many lives, many masters. Just my doctor, Brian Weiss. Yeah, Brian Weiss <laughs> was a hypnotherapist. He was an agnostic, renowned psychiatrist who risked his entire career in the 80s because he had this experience with this woman, Catherine, that he couldn't deny. And Catherine, she had all these fears and phobias. He would do hypnotherapy because she didn't want to actually take any medication goes back to childhood, nothing's helping. Like she has a fear of drowning. She's got a fear of like suffocation. She has like all these weird, you know, phobias. And he finally says to her, go back to the time when it first started. And it goes back to biblical times. She was drowning. And as soon as she comes out, the fear is gone. So he starts really studying this and going into this. And then she would go to these other levels and these profound messages would come through. And it's funny we're talking about this because this is going to lead into the channeled messages that I meant to share on your podcast for the first time publicly, really. But I truly believe if everybody read these six books, it would transform humanity. Mm -hmm. But you have to do the work also. You have to understand where it comes from. You can't just be given it. You have to figure it out for yourself. You have to connect on that soul level. I will also say to listeners out there, when you are in that depth of despair, just keep yourself so present. Because if I thought one minute before or one minute after, I would have lost my, I would have lost it. And it aligns with AA and I always go there because I'm in recovery, but that's that whole one day at a time, one second at a time. But you mentioned that you know, when you're in those depths of that darkness, you know, really trying to tap into your higher self. Well, I couldn't, I didn't trust my higher self. I couldn't even find my higher self. I was in such a dark place. And that's what support and sponsors are for, because they are literally like your higher self for you until you can think for yourself. So, you know, shout out to support systems and communities and people like us who can be there for them. Absolutely. I love the book, Know Your Soul, Find Joy Within. Thanks to you guys, I got to read that beautiful, profound book. Oh my God, did that make sense? That our soul is whole and complete, but we have our higher self and then we have our personality, which is our ego, and that gives us our free will. One of the first channeled messages, and I'll explain where these channeled messages come from, but it it lines up with this right now. It was channeled on August 20th of 2016, but it was one foot leads straight. The other is misguided. Both are necessary and always present. Make sure to follow the straight foot because it's the fastest path to your destiny. After my restaurant closed. So I was in this for like four years. My restaurant finally closed on uh, April 22nd of 2008. I was broken yet again. I never really put myself back together. I was just massive survival mode. I'm getting ready to move to Baltimore, but like I was so publicly known. I was beyond humiliated beginning of May. And I happened to be in my bedroom, but I had the TV on. I had Oprah on. I loved Oprah. And (laughs) who doesn't love Oprah, right? And so I'm in my bedroom. So I don't even have a TV in my room. I'm hearing the words. And I was like, that sounds like the author of Many Lives, Many Masters. It was the 20th anniversary of the book. Dr. Weiss is there talking to Oprah. And that was my biggest sign to keep going because the biggest message in that book that I want to share with your listeners is that our higher selves choose everything that happens in our lives. And my goal was to find out why the hell my higher self chose the level of insanity. After this, I moved to Baltimore. I think, okay, great. I'm away from this. My body shut down. I then, six months later, I was running on a treadmill. I hit my heel wrong. I developed another nerve condition called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. It felt like somebody was cutting or burning me all the time. My husband has that. And CRPS, oh my God. CRPS and his is in his hand. Very few people even know what this is. My God, it is. I'm so sorry your husband deals with that. Cause it's like fibromyalgia moved to my foot a thousand times. And like, I couldn't walk. And so first they thought my foot was broken. I was on these crutches and and dying of pain because no painkiller was getting rid of it. It was a sports um, medical doctor. He's like, I think you have something much more serious. He passes me off to this person. Now, this is one of the times I did go against my intuition. I had a bad feeling about this, but they're like, if you don't get this nerve block done, it could travel to your brain. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. But I dealt so horribly with needles with my fibromyalgia. Like my fibromyalgia, I'm like hyper, hyper, hypersensitive. I would get night lidocaine injections and it would flare me up. RSD is considered the suicide disease. It's so painful. They say it's level 10 all the time. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, so what happened is actually it did almost have me commit suicide because I had this nerve block done and my fibromyalgia decided it wanted to kill me. It wasn't the prick of the needle, it was the pressure of the needle and my trigger points in my low back, it felt like a vice was around me and it was trying to crush me. And within two days, I was back in the ER. I had drank, I think two bottles of wine and took 13 Percocets in three hours. Yeah. I go, the doctors were very mad at me. They're like, you could have killed your liver. And I was like, I don't care. I want to die. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad, but I was also given a saving grace by this person who was about to enter my life. But in the, in the meantime, that's when I got addicted to 120 milligrams of Oxycontin because the pain was so severe. I mean, it was so bad, but that's when I got addicted to 120 milligrams of Oxycontin because the pain was so severe and my, yeah. my whole system, in addition to the foot, because they're like, oh, you got to get two more of these. And I was like, I will never do that again. Yeah. And thank God the nerve block did stop it. I still feel a little bit, but it, it blocked it enough. It was for like two months that my system was so out of control. I kept going up and up and up. And finally, when I was at like 120, I was like, okay, Alicia, you're either going to rehab or you're getting off of this. But the irony is, is the restaurant I was working at, I was trying to find a chiropractor because chiropractic always helped me. I was actually sent to this guy who the guy thought he was a chiropractor and he ended up being a physical mm -hmm. therapist, but he did this very, very specific work, but he's the only one I've ever met in the medical field who understood fibromyalgia without having it. He worked in a fibromyalgia clinic with, for like four years. I mean, it was just amazing the work that he was able to do. So while I was going through my withdrawal of, of oxys, I would see him and then the next day would be like a serious withdrawal. And then I, that took me two months to do. Now, when you think that that's not bad enough, that's when my reproductive system decided to give out on me. Literally less than a month later, I go to work and not to be graphic, but literally just start gushing blood, end up back in the ER, find out I have severe fibroids. Thank God I did because I lost half my blood, had to have two blood transfusions, was, I was hospitalized. I, I did almost die. And then I had a full hysterectomy that March. How did that make you feel? I mean, Well, so that was what was really crazy is the guy that I was working with he actually found that people that had hysterectomies or fibromyalgia would almost like stop trying to kill them. My hysterectomy was the greatest gift to me. Yeah. Do you think that unprocessed emotions and feelings could have been part of why your body started saying, um, hello, help me? Absolutely. I mean, I do believe it was an energetic thing too. I think our higher selves choose to put us through the different struggle so that we can help others. I truly believe all the trauma I went through, my body was just like, nope, that's, that's but it. You had no care at that time either for yourself. You're only treating every single symptom and every single trauma that's coming up. You're not doing anything to prevent any of these things happening. You didn't have any kind of like self-care. They just the kept, time. they just kept happening. Right. Chiropractic was the, the only thing I didn't know really energy worked. I got to a point where I did have a pity party for myself. It was like, it was just one fucking thing after another. And I remember like literally in a ball on the floor of my bedroom and just saying, God, enough is enough. And I hated that quote that I see on Facebook all the time. That's like, God will only will give you as much as you can handle. I'm like, no, fuck you. And then, <laughs> and then I saw someone twisted it around once and I said, no, God's going to give you what you can't handle so that you'll turn to him and surrender. And I was like, Ooh, okay. That makes more sense to me. <laughs> In my logo right here, Winky is how I represent God as love with an awesome sense of humor. 
And I don't think God does this to us because we have free will. God just allows it to happen. And so like, let's stop putting the blame on God. I think a lot of people in the world struggle with why would God let such horrible things happen to our world or to us? You talk about this free will. Now, when I was down on my you know, knees and in a ball in my bedroom saying, God, enough is enough. I was talking about just things that were out of my control too, like my brother being killed. It was only this awareness that I was given that then allowed me to survive that because I would have killed myself. That was too much. That was just too much, right? So I'm being given these beyond profound messages and that's what keeps me going. So now that leads into the next part. Shit's getting real. Shit's getting real, real. <laughs> I always knew I was meant to share this story and I didn't know where it was going to be shared like publicly. So I'm just honored to be able to share it with you guys because I love how raw and authentic your podcast is. Like you guys are absolutely no bullshit, no whole bar. Like it's awesome. And it's great to have that space to be able to do that. You know, you do it girl. I'm glad that you feel comfortable enough to do that with us. Well, so now we're going to go into 2015. And some things had happened before that, which if anybody wants to hear my true story, really short story, it's um, episode one of my podcast, That's My Irony. And also my real true story you can hear on my friend's podcast, Dreams Are Real. But 2015, that's when my claircognizance really started kicking in. Kind of like you said, Shanna, you start, you've started taking pictures. I never take pictures. I started taking pictures of things that literally now, five years later, I'm like, holy, how, how did I do that? It was like my future self told my past self, take these pictures. And in five years, you're going to understand it. So now I then developed something that was almost like COVID where it, I had this bronchial infection. It started in January. I, like, I actually felt like if somebody could steal your soul, that's how bad it was. And so then they put me on prednisone. And this prednisone almost kills me. Yeah, it makes you the devil too and makes you fat and bitchy. <laughs> it electrified my nerves. I got back addicted to massive painkillers, but it was it, the second worst I've ever experienced in my life. The worst was definitely after that nerve block that I shared. But, but I do believe that's like the devil's drug. I get myself out of that. I start reading The Alchemist. You guys had Colm Holland on. And The Alchemist I had read a while ago, but that book didn't resonate until I read it an another time. But it was the book, The Pilgrimage. And the day that I was leaving was May 5th of 2015. I was going back to Baltimore for my brother's birthday. And the day before I leave, I take this very, very specific picture. It was jewelry that my mom would gave me right before she died if I ever got married again. And I had these like five fortunes and I even took a picture of this movie ticket stub. And literally that picture is a prophecy of what's to come. I started getting downloads of information as I'm flying while I'm reading The Pilgrimage, which I find very funny. It's called The Pilgrimage. And I have to stop and I stop in Phoenix and usually always stop in Denver, never stop in Phoenix. And I get off the plane and the first sign I see is humble pie in huge letters, like pizza. And then I turn around and I see this sign of C6, C8. So I have my lucky number of six. Uh, and of course the eight, and then I'm recognizing the eight as infinity. That movie ticket stub, on the movie ticket stub, it says number 68. So I just kept getting downloads and downloads and downloads of information. And I'm just like, what is going on? I go to my brother's house and I'm literally, this dark energy is there. It grabs me. And I was like, oh my God. And my brother knew about my mediumship. And I even told my brother, I was like, tell whatever this is, get off of me. I couldn't be in the house. It was like trying to suffocate me. So I end up going and staying at a hotel. Ironically, I actually did an internship with Marriott 15 years before. And that's when I was in room 222. And I take a picture of this. And I just... When you have that level of like being guided and you have no idea, it's almost like you're in a trance. Like you just don't even know what you're doing, but you know exactly what you're doing. And so we ended up going down to uh, DC for his birthday and we were staying at the Mayflower Hotel. And this is where I ended up having the start of my experience. 
I'm getting downloads and downloads and downloads of information. It was all about soulmates and understanding how soulmates work. And then this beautiful mirror and it was like lit up and it looks like angel wings. And as I'm feeling like I'm supposed to say all these things and share this and, and like just all this, like I, I can't even express how much information was coming to me. And meanwhile, I'm coughing up all that stuff that was in my lungs for five months and blood and, you know, like just purging. It was so crazy because it was just like massive amounts of energy just like hitting me. And then my cousin was with me and she ends up going to um, go get the car to leave the hotel. And that's when I stand in front of this mirror. And that's when this experience starts. And I literally see a big giant flash, like the big bang theory, fast forward of all humanity. And the last thing I see is the crucifixion of Christ. And I felt all the pain of the world and I understood it all. And then I dropped me to my knees. And that's when this experience starts. Then I started teetering between dimensions. I was in the real world, but I was able to see things that no one else could see. Everything looked technicolor. Everything was brighter and more beautiful. And I'm sure Mandy, when you had crossed over is what you felt. Like that's where I didn't have to die. I think I got to experience almost like what you got to experience. Not saying it was the same, but like it was a level of peace. It's amazing. And then I just started intuitively going down this path. So I knew that after I saw the secrets of the universe, I was like, okay, no one here knows what's going on. So I got to get away. <laughs> so let me ask you, how were you acting during that time? Were they like, what is happening with her? Did they think you were acting odd? No, I wasn't really talking. I just understood all this different ways of looking at all the different realms. Mm -hmm. So I finally, I leave and I'm being guided all around. And, and it was almost like, I almost felt like Alice in Wonderland where, you know, something would be like a really bright color. It was, you know, it's almost like the eat me, drink me sort of thing. <laughs> and I finally somehow get to another room 222 that did not exist. It was a parallel room, but it had this, I remember it was this bright blue, like go through this door. And that's when I walk through and this song starts playing and that's when God showed up, started crying, tears of bliss, tears of joy. Cause that Mandy, I think is what you got to experience that level of bliss and joy. And you just can't even wrap your head around it. So, and this all happened in the hotel room when you went to well, visit your brother. Yes, but it was a parallel hotel room. It was right. another dimension. Now I'm with God. And I say God as I felt the energy, very masculine energy. I know it can be female energy too, but for me, very, very masculine, wicked sense of humor. Like I had to change it to awesome because not everybody understands wicked from the East coast because wicked is like awesome. But basically God was apologizing for everything that's happened to me. <laughs> like that there's a greater purpose to all this why these things happen, there is a greater reason for all of it happening, even though we may not understand. And so the funniest thing is that it would always show up after whatever I was being shown. And then this message would show up and it would say, life is good. And then it would wink at me. So that's how I represent Winky in my logo, because I okay. literally, this motion would like wink. But I was, I was shown how soulmates work. I was shown how reincarnation worked. I was shown how money works. I was shown how, I mean, mm. I was shown everything and like what was to come and all this other stuff. And then this lasted for like five hours because the whole experience was 24 hours or maybe more than 24 hours. But I was, I remember, I remember falling asleep on this bed and being like, no, you got to wake up. God's talking to you. <laughs> And your brother didn't slip any mushrooms into your coffee or anything? There was, there was not anything in my system. So I, I'm joking, totally kidding. But what did you think after that 24 hours? That's where it gets interesting. So then I'm told, well, this is all to come. I was also shown massive amounts of wealth, having wealth for doing God's work. So everybody who's part of it is part of this because that is the power. We can use it for good or evil, but if we're doing it for God's work, you know, we do need to make things easy for ourselves if we really want to be those messengers. Then I was given the message, well, now you see what's to come, but now you got to go through more pain. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, no, 
no, no, no. Like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, I had no idea the level of pain I was about to go through. So, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, so as I'm coming back to this dimension, I'm still in it, but I had this feeling I was literally just going to be taken. I really thought I was going to be reunited with my parents. I thought I was just going to be gone from this world. You know, I have no kids. I have no family. There's no reason for me not to just disappear. Just be gone and just be doing all this work because I was told I was going to be doing a lot of this work from behind. Okay. Something was telling me to get to the top of this building. It was only a couple stories and I couldn't get into the elevator. I don't know why I did this. I can't explain it. I pull a fire alarm. Don't ask me why. I get myself arrested. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, everything was dropped. I remember there was this person I saw and I was able to communicate just with my eyes with this person and I could telepathically, like I, there was something going on and really weird, but I just know I was still in this experience while I'm being held in this jail cell. Poor family at that time. Yeah, this is when things went bad because I also knew not to say a word. So I did not say one word and I just let it happen. And so then I finally go to the hospital and I remember there was an angel that came and like protected me. They're like, you will be okay with what's about to come. And then I end up in the psych ward or trying to commit suicide. Oh my. The next morning was when I was out of whatever I was in. And now I'm in a fucking psych ward. <laughs> okay. You were sober. Completely sober. I had mm -hmm. drank um, some champagne Saturday night because this happened on a Sunday. How much longer after all of that really severe trauma with your, you know, losing your restaurant and all that was this? Well, this was seven years because I closed it in 2008 and this yeah. was May of 2015. Okay. So you're in a clear mental state and you're, you're being shown basically what it sounds like is the, the book of God, like the Akashic records, almost the heart of, of everything. Yeah, I was. Okay. Wow. On my podcast, I can't go deep like this because my podcast, the message I was given is I meant to help the lost and I would find the chosen ones along the way. And not chosen ones are any better. It's just to show who God is as love with an awesome sense of humor. When we're going through really, really difficult, traumatic times, if we pay attention, the Myronies will show up and they can be our guides. Just knowing that we are going through it for a very, very specific reason. After that happened, of course, I was being called bipolar. I was being called everything. There was nothing in my system. There was no alcohol, no drugs, nothing. So I didn't incriminate myself in any way. I just said that I thought I was asleep and I acted out a dream. That was the only thing I said as to what. Now I get to incri not incriminate, but now I'm telling the story because it's meant for, it is meant for those that want to hear it. And I know a lot of people are going to call me crazy and I accept that. You know, you want to know it, own it, girl. The world will try to take your reality away. They did that to me too with my near death experience. You know, you were on medication, you were hallucinating, you were withdrawing. No, I know. Yeah, so. exactly. So, how alone you feel like you guys are so lucky that you had each other during, you know, as best friends and in being able to share these things. Like, there was no one I could share this with, except I had my messages from I could tap into my parents, I would auto write to my parents. And then in October of 2015, I lost it. I just absolutely lost my mind. And it was so funny. The one book of Brian Weiss's I didn't read was Same Soul, Many Bodies. And I was creating an exit plan. I happened to be living with family. And probably if I hadn't lived with family, I know I've been put in certain financial positions because so I wouldn't do what I probably would have done if I was able to better, but like I was looking at putting all my stuff in storage. I kept thinking, what's going to be the easiest for them after I'm gone? And God, that's emotional. <laughs> that's deep, my friend. Yeah, that was my saving grace was I was told to read um, Same Soul, Many Bodies and the last chapter is about suicide. Mm. And that's what saved me. Thank you so much for sharing it. I know the first time I shared my full story, my stomach was turning, but it's like, I, I just knew it had to get out there, all of it. Just knowing that we are going through it for a very, very specific reason. And so like, I know you're one of the chosen ones in the sense of bringing this bigger message. I mean, just because 
just what you share in your podcast. You're just, you put it all out there. And there's so few people that have the guts to do that, you know, and like, you should be so proud of what you've created. And I, what I'm doing with my podcast is for people who subscribe and become members, they're going to receive a private podcast. And that's where these messages are going to be shared safely. I'll share with your, you know, your listeners, because all they got to do is just subscribe on my side and they'll get, they'll get the private podcast. I'm in the process of working on that right now. So I saved myself from that book almost one year to the time of my experience. I was told to go to this party that I did not want to go to, to then be connected to this person who I absolutely did not want to be connected to that led me to his neighbor across the street. She had dealt with all the things that I hadn't dealt with. So I've never dealt with physical abuse or sexual abuse. Thank God, because that would have broken me. But if you put her traumas and my traumas together, we made a hole. (laughs) I tell her a little bit about this experience, but I don't tell her too much. And then she tells me how she died and came back. She described the masters as these, you know, robe guys with long beards sort of thing. And I was like, you saw a master? And she had never read Brian Weiss's books before. She starts reading them. And as she's guided to do these regressions, she had seen Jesus when she was a kid. She was going to be beaten really badly. And she was given the message that it wouldn't be so bad. And then she remembered climbing in like Jesus's lap and being cradled. And it was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And when she was 13, the dark side tried to take over she remembered like being almost picked up by the throat i mean she said satan and said you're one of the most coveted souls and i believe now it's because of what i'm about to share is that the messages that were channeled through her are messages for humanity moving forward and i don't want to share her name or anything like that but she basically became my catherine just like catherine was the messenger for brian weiss If the messages came directly through me, people could discredit me. I just have them in my possession. I'm going to share a couple of the messages. So the first message was the the one that I shared on about on August 20th. And then they started, they, they were only channeled from September of 16 to November of 2017. These messages are so profound you get lost in them. You can become so introspective of trying to figure out what the heck do these mean? And they're written personally, and they're also written universally. So when they first started coming, they were direct messages for me of what was going on in my life. But then when I read it to whoever it applies to them in their life, and then you see it literally reads like the Bible. It's, I actually say it's a modern day Bible, because they're short paragraphs. Because I truly believe God doesn't care how we get there as long as we get there. If you want to say universe, you want to say source, whatever, just recognize something greater than yourself. Okay, these are short, they're little paragraphs, but the first one I'm supposed to share, the ever-seeking soul finds wisdom and understanding in the mundanity of life, evolves spiritually, and is blessed with progression as lessons are learned. That which needs to be learned is not always readily apparent. Lessons can be small or great, but they must be learned and karmic debts must be repaid along the way. Now, this one's funny because it actually uses the word pooping. Pooping is not only necessary, but essential to physical health. Your soul needs to dump as well. Some people are so toxic that you have to leave them behind. Rid your soul, their toxic waste, reestablish your balance and continue on your journey. Some things just can't be digested. And then this is the most powerful one for when we feel stuck in life. And this is the one I want your listeners to really listen to and maybe go back and listen again. The status quo, not regressing and not progressing, is an extremely uncomfortable place to be. There is no progression if there's still a lesson to be learned. Pay attention to subtleties, the overlooked insights, and the ignored signs. Embrace what is right before your eyes. Perhaps the physical body needs rest in order to absorb all that has happened in a short period of time. Lessons are processed at different rates, depending on their significance to us. A spiritual quote unquote timeout is a reprieve to review and digest the presented lessons. You cannot assimilate that which you have not fully integrated. A forward path requires willingness to take a timeout and discover the subtle lessons being taught. But again, your listeners, they want to hear more of these messages. That's what I'm going to be doing with the private podcast. But now I want to go to the surprise for you guys. (laughs) 
In addition, I am doing a book compilation. I'm asking authors to be a part of, to write a chapter, be part of the podcast, they're going to be part of this community. But I want you guys just to be part of it. First book is called Got My Irony, Life is Good, book one. So the book is launching on August 22nd, which is absolutely appropriate. Yeah, I do want to share with your listeners how I was guided to you guys. I hadn't really listened to many spiritual podcasts. Who out there can I connect with? And I will tell you, it was because of your background. You didn't have your pictures out there. You weren't, it wasn't all about you. Just something about your cover. I was drawn to it and then I'm reading through and then I see the one on synchronicity. And that was the first one I listened to. And I hear all the synchronicities, the myronies between us. And I was like, oh my God, I have got to connect with these amazing, amazing women. Thank you for the invitation for such an amazing opportunity. And you do know, we always do break that shit down. If you could leave our listeners with maybe a message on myrony or something that's on your heart right now, that would be amazing. And now it's time for break that shit down. I think the biggest message is, is that when we're going through those traumatic times, you know, it's actually through the ugly that we truly see the beauty of life. And unless we have those lows, we don't understand the highs. And when we can really truly connect to our higher selves and really understand we are the ones that choose it all. God does not do this. He allows it to happen or she allows it to happen. If that's who you connect with, totally fine. Just recognize something greater than ourselves, and also appreciate the humor that goes along with it, known as myrony. <laughs> I love the cute Yay. humor that you add in. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, it, and anybody who feels lost, you know, what I do is I'm a catalyst. I show people how to, so that's my Unlock Your Blocks program is, you know, we just do however many sessions it is, but, you know, I always do um, a 30-minute intuitive call just to talk. But for your listeners, we're given a, a special gift of the first 10 listeners that um, sign up. They'll get a, an hour-long call with me. And all you have to do is, you know, say that you, you heard it on Sense of Soul and you want to hear more of these profound channeled messages. That's what's going to be the private podcast of people who, you know, sign up. Thank you so much for coming oh. on. I appreciate you sharing this for the first time and trusting us with your message. And we adore you. Just love what you're doing. So thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. To subscribe and like become a part of this is thatsmyrony.com. My name is very unique. I'm the only one out there. So you can find me easily on Instagram, Facebook, my link tree at just Alicia Myronic, and it has everything for the podcast. And of course, Instagram, TikTok, I want to create a community. Please reach out, Alicia, that's myrony.com. You can email me. I want to hear your Myronic stories. If uh, any of your listeners want to be part of this book, would love for to be a part of that. So do you have a space where people share their Myronies? Is it just through email or do they share on your Facebook as well? I have, well, yeah, actually I have a Facebook group, which I have the links in the show notes. So if people yeah. go there, I'm definitely trying to build you know a Facebook group you know just sharing stories the more and more we can get out there so I want people to share and also I just want you to share on your own social media and just use the hashtag that's myrony isn't that myronic that's my other hashtag or hashtag myronistic instead of synchronistic so <laughs> I love it Shannon. and I love synchronicity we believe they are true signs from God to guide you so look for those winks listeners because they mean more than you could ever know Oh, thank you. I love you guys so much. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.